0: I know I could be so I am good just for myself But why would I ride alone I could be my someone else I'm not asking much, I just need you to say I'm the only one and this could be forever Hello! <laughs> oh, Hello!
1: <laughs> Welcome to Forever, Babe, the podcast that is in love with learning about love and commitment culture. Woo! I am Molly Kiernan.
0: and I'm Meg Jo. We're uh, we are not together today, Molly and I. Mm-hmm. And easily the latest we've ever recorded. Oh yes, it is six thirty p.m. <laughs> very yeah. late. Yeah, it's bedtime. Our bedtime is in seven hours, so this is very late for us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, we're recording separate today, trying it out. But yeah, that that's housekeeping number one. We are apart, so if it sounds a little different, that's why I'm not in the closet today.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, everyone's is. gonna write
0: in asking.
1: <laughs> Meg, you're yes. excited about an episode we have coming up, and I think oh, you want to yes, talk about yes, it. yes,
0: yeah. Next week we are doing an episode about. Santa and Mrs. Claus. And, you know, of course, filtering it through learning about relationships and love and commitment culture. And so a part of that is that I got to interview the Santa Claus of Boston, like the main guy who does the tree lighting there every year, all that stuff. And his wife, who was also very cool. And it was a really, really, really cool conversation. and I'm excited to share some of it. I asked Meg if she called them Santa and Mrs. Claus the whole time, and she said no. No. His wife's name is Sonia, <laughs> and okay. she does not play Mrs. Claus. Okay. I, she's her own independent woman. She actually, I'll talk about it next week, too, but she's a very, very dope hairdresser. Oh, cool. So, yeah. That's awesome. And their love is very cool and sweet, so I'm really excited to Aww. talk about it. I can't wait to hear all about it. Obviously, send us your stories
1: and follow us. On social, at Forever Babe Pod. Yes, um, we
0: need stories. So yeah, stories. we need
1: some real love stories. We had such a good one last week as you, if you guys listened and we want more. Meg, I was thinking a lot. I got a little bit high last night. Not too much. <laughs> <laughs> and- Just a little bit. Yeah. And I was laying in bed and I started spiraling a little bit. So probably not in the healthiest way. And Mm -hmm. my brain spirals all the time right now, as I'm sure yours does too. It's a terrible time to be alone with our thoughts and we're alone with our thoughts all the time.
0: This is not making anxiety better for anyone. Exactly.
1: My anxiety is really bad right now. But I started reflecting on my past relationship from a couple years ago and thinking about all the stuff I did wrong that maybe I hadn't realized or thought about in a long time. And not everything, but I think it's so easy to talk about toxic relationships in terms of the other person. But I was Mm -hmm. thinking a lot about the things that I did and the ways that I was toxic in that relationship. And I don't know, it was kind of a little bit of a nice little reflection because I don't want to be that way in in relationships moving forward.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's cool. It's good to reflect i'm glad you got a little bit high last night <laughs> yeah i never do and that and we're so. able to learn some things yeah it was somebody made you um <laughs> get a little bit high they forced it upon you and then you but something good came of it you got some <laughs> good yeah revelation. i really was like
1: before i spiraled too much i was like
0: i gotta go to sleep or this is gonna oh, get good. bad you know and then you um, just unplugged yourself and went to sleep <laughs> Yeah, I unplugged myself. I'm a robot. <laughs> what it's do you so, mean? I just, I just mean it like you decided to go to sleep. Going to sleep is so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. And I'm one of the world's worst sleepers. Yeah. It's been
1: proven the Spook of world records. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to – I turn on the TV when I want to fall asleep, which is a weird thing. But that's what oh, I okay. do, as I've talked so about you, before. So I turned on it the TV. In. Plugged in. <laughs> kind
0: of.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nice. I thought that was an, an interesting little update
0: to <laughs> share. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I think so. Sure. It's probably relatable. I won't say that the lovebirds didn't maybe already know that you were a little bit clingy in your past relationships. <laughs>
1: yeah it's something I already knew, but I but, guess I was like thinking about specific moments, and I was like, Whoa, I can't believe I did that. You know
0: yeah, yes, I get that. It, yeah. And it, you know, when shame is attached to anything, even if it's subconscious, it can it can bury in there a little bit. yeah, and then totally. all of a sudden one day you're like, Whoa, that happened' Yeah, Wild. it's like almost
1: like repressed memories because you don't want to sure. like, admit when you do things wrong, when you're just as much of a part of like a situation not being good as the other person.
0: Yeah, and you probably weren't even cl- thinking clearly at that moment, so those thoughts aren't very clear. Yeah. And then you remember them, and it's yeah. kind of awful. Oh, man, I cried all it. the time,
1: Meg. I cried all the time.
0: Oh, but also <laughs> you worked through a lot of other stuff not related to your relationship that- yeah.
1: And I think yeah. the relationship made us both work through a lot. So in the end, good. Who, who knows what to think about it. But quarantine is giving me way too much time with my brain. But sometimes it's for the better.
0: Yeah, man.
1: It's that's hard. how I'm
0: feeling. How are you doing? Okay, yeah. I was going to say, I think that's kind of our housekeeping. I'm okay. I'm uh, just trying to really, really hunker down in quarantine, hence this new recording process, mm-hmm. and be extra safe right now. You know, still just figuring out what the next few months of our lives are going to look like and planning ahead for it and that's sort of my really boring update that's the same as every week because I don't go anywhere (laughs) yeah I know I
1: figured for a while that I won't be going home for the holidays because I'm from the east coast but I hadn't made it official until yesterday when I talked to my parents about it so I now am officially staying in LA Um, and you they
0: were cool about it right yeah, instead. they were sad, but
1: they weren't mad. I thought they were gonna be a little bit mad, but they weren't. That's so that, amazing. That was nice. But yeah, it's gonna freaking suck. <laughs> hmm That's true.
0: But so many of us are going through that. So Yeah, we're all in it sucking together. <laughs> yeah, man We're all in it sucking together. Yeah, <laughs> that's together. That's the quote of the week. Yeah. Uh, uh, perfect. All right. Should we well, do should we do cute alert?
1: Yeah, let's do cute alert. I know feel like that. I wonder if all the lovebirds are going to be like, you sounded tired.
0: <laughs> well, it is 6.41 p.m. now, lovebirds. I also lovebirds. say that as if the lovebirds write in every week. Just saying that we're tired or not. Yeah. If we're tired or not. Cute God, I hope not. Okay, yes. Cute alert. Cute, cute alert. alert. You love it. It's a section where we tell you about what's in the news. And sometimes it's not cute at all, but we call it a cute alert.
1: Um, My cute alert comes from the New York Post. And Meg, the title of this piece says it all. Woman sues boyfriend for not proposing after eight years. (laughs) So a woman in Zambia named Gertrude Noma got upset because her boyfriend – I mean, got upset is probably –
0: an understatement, know. maybe it's an it seems understatement. like
1: yeah. Basically, her boyfriend of eight years and the father of her child had not proposed. She brought him to court because she okay. felt she deserved to know how their relationship was going to move forward. And she alleged he had been texting another woman. Apparently, oh, no. he had, yeah. Apparently, he had promised to marry her and had made a dowry payment, according to some sources. So,
0: wait, Mary, the woman suing him, or this new lady?
1: No, the the um the woman suing him. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Ultimately, the judge said there was nothing she could do, because especially because no formal marriage existed between them. But
0: you know what? Props to Gertrude for trying. Good on you trying and making him pay for a lawyer. I would assume, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually I don't know if he had a lawyer or he represented himself or what. <laughs> for sure, or was assigned a lawyer. I suppose that's incredible. The mm-hmm. dowry thing is very interesting to very me because if what is so what is that her dad gets money but then she doesn't get to get married
1: (laughs) right right yeah so really only the
0: dad wins out so yeah fuck that (laughs) yeah maybe it's the dad at fault he's making him hold out so he'll get a second dowry for his daughter (laughs) yeah you know hey she really wanted to call him out and
1: she did it so yeah you found it in the news yeah so you know what it's a wild thing to do, but <laughs> can't judge. I love it.
0: Honestly, that that headline is perfect.
1: It's also <laughs> funny because it's like he's still her boyfriend. It's not like an ex that like she doesn't see. <laughs>
0: yeah, the headline calls him her boyfriend, so presumably they have not broken up. They have not broken up. No, she's just pissed. Yeah, um, Meg, Taking what action? We, what is your cute alert for the evening? Okay, my cute alert comes from BBC News. It's a story about how. The Japanese government is getting involved in the dating scene there. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So a little context. Last year, the number of babies born in Japan fell below 865,000, which is a record low for them. And as the people of that nation are aging, the government's been searching for ways to reverse one of the world's lowest fertility rates for quite a while now. So Japan plans to boost its birth rate by funding artificial intelligence Whoa. matchmaking as interesting. Interesting, a dating service to help people find love. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So next year they'll be subsidizing local projects that have already started up that use artificial intelligence to pair people up and have them all work together on it basically. And cool. the government there is is going to put Two billion yen, which is 19 million dollars, toward boosting the birth rate this way or various ways, but this is a big part of it. And basically, what they want is a dating service that considers more data than age and income and all the usual things, and add things like hobbies and values and other less quantifiable things. And it's basically meant to be—it's using machine learning to better and more efficiently match people up. That's the goal, at least. Hmm. And I don't one. Know big how I feel re- about it. Yeah. It sounds like very big brothery, but I actually yeah. personally didn't see anything about that process and how that works. Got it. Okay. And I'm, I'm assuming anyone that joins it is offering up this information, but I'm not sure. But one yeah. big reason that it matters so much to the policymakers there is that they want to ensure the country's workforce can meet you know, the expanding cost of welfare because birth rates are going down.
1: So okay. they don't have enough
0: people to pay for it. However, there are people that believe there are way better things to spend this money on to solve this problem. Sure. For one sociocultural and medical anthropologist at Japan's Temple University named Sachiko Horaguchi, explained that the data tells us that there's a huge lack of interest in dating for young lower income workers there. And if they aren't interested in dating, then this won't work. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would also argue that it's tough to prioritize dating when you're worried about rent and stuff. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So that of makes course. sense to me. Yeah. And then some people think that if the support for working mothers was improved and I think women in general, but if it was improved by a lot, that it would be an easier choice for people to have children. Right. And Absolutely. unfortunately, Japan ranked out of 153 countries, they ranked 121 last year in a report on gender equality by the World Economic Forum. So they slipped 11 places from the year before. Mm. But the government is going for an artificial intelligence dating service, I guess. And there's apparently yeah, been a it seems lot of... <laughs> to be avoiding the
1: real problems.
0: Yeah, possibly. Who knows? What if it just Works so well. I don't, I don't know. I think it will. <laughs> well, I will say there's been a lot, apparently, been a lot of talk on Chinese social media about it, suggesting that it could be a good idea for China to try it out too. So cool. There's people okay. that seem to want it. I don't know. Okay. But I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, that is very <laughs> interesting. Course, yes, I agree with you. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's get into the topic. Yeah. Let's get into the topic. The topic topic? this week (laughs) is love in December. So... Kind of an interesting name for our topic. This one's going to be formatted a little bit differently. So, you guys know, instead of going deep on one very specific topic like we usually do, we're going to briefly talk about a few things that come to mind when we think about love, dating, and relationships in the month of December. So, we're essentially talking about love in the time of the major holidays. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of an episode. Yes. And it's kind of an episode of many episodes, (laughs) real quick, one after another. Yeah. Topics galore. Woo, topics galore. Shall we get right into it? Yeah, let's dive in because the first one is juicy. Ooh. Sex and fantasy in December. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah, so I just kind of wanted to look at what's going on in people's sex lives a little bit. During this time of the year. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I went to Pornhub again for Mm this. Yes, she did. mm -hmm, To get some insight. And I found some intriguing stuff. So, the top five Christmas-related searches on Pornhub are Christmas at number one. Just straight up Christmas. Then Santa. Then Christmas present. Then Mrs. Claus. And then Elf. (laughs) And some of my personal favorites on that list of the top 15 total are Twink Miss. Okay. So Twink plus Christmas. Mm hmm. XX... <laughs> In case I, I don't know. I love it. Um, XXX Miss. Christmas Anal. And honestly, my very favorite is Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas just straight up m-e-r-r-y christmas i think it's my favorite because it's kind of sad to me yeah (laughs) like like they're just telling someone merry christmas into their Pornhub search (laughs) and then also christmas (laughs) anal which is very specific and i don't know what it is my favorite is christmas present because
1: i like to think when people are searching christmas present they want to be surprised much like you are when you open a present you know so what is the christmas present is it it's, a butt you know you don't know is it a butt is it a dick <laughs> is it is it a boob you know we don't know there's lots of options and i like that i think that's for the adventurous pornhub searcher on the
0: holidays <laughs> what a take I yeah love thank it. you that's my hot take of the day maybe maybe next week i'll search Christmas present on Pornhub and then report back to everyone. Okay, what, yeah, what see, see what surprises, surprises you guys. Right? Yeah. Got. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, I hope my parents really did stop listening. Like I assume they did. <laughs> okay, so now when they compared the popularity of searches between 2018 and 2019, so you know the difference in a year, there were also some other interesting results. So, Naughty Santa's Helper had the most growth in popularity as a search with a wild 2,012% increase in searches. Xmas present, so kind of like the one before that you liked. My people. Had a 1,842% rise in searches. People love a surprise. They love a surprise, I guess. Yeah. And again, there were a few others that I would be remiss not to mention on this list of search increases. One is Christmas cream pie. It grew 896%. Okay. Christmas Gangbang grew sure. 738%. I love this one. Christmas Wife. Yikes. <laughs> I don't know six... if it's yikes. I haven't watched them. <laughs> I, I mean, it's I would say it's possibly less yikes than Christmas Gangbang. Yeah. It's just a Christmas Wife. Yeah. And it grew 633%. And even Festivus grew 569%.
1: <laughs> okay, interesting. Those are some good stats.
0: Yeah. Okay, and then as far as traffic goes on Christmas Day on Pornhub, the United States sees a negative 19% drop that day. So okay. I would say sense. this makes sense with people staying with their family Yeah, and then being busy in general. Not usually the time you're going on Pornhub, maybe. But the biggest usage drops happened in Australia, Italy, the UK, and Canada. And a few places where Christmas isn't celebrated as much, there were actually small increases in usage. So in Japan, it increased 2%, India was 4%, and Russia was 13% on Christmas okay. Day. Okay.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Now I'm wondering I wonder if you know so in the US there's a big there's a big drop on Christmas Day I'm wondering if once we get to once we're done with the holidays there's a oh, big peaks
0: yeah we're going to do a kissing episode for New Year's so maybe we can come back to that and yeah, find out Yeah okay we'll put that we'll put that in our pockets questions yeah, for later that's in our pocket now mm-hmm. our pockets and uh, backing up what I said earlier about being with family and traveling and stuff, 62% of Christmas Day Pornhub usage is done on a phone, 9% sure. on a tablet, and just 29% on a desktop, which is usually where it happens. So Interesting.
1: Yeah. So well, some people I are don't...
0: being sneaky at home, I think.
1: Sneaky on their phones. Yeah. I, what Do you think more porn watching happens on a desktop or on a phone, generally?
0: I think I read that the desktop usage drops a lot and already on christmas day it's on 29%. so yeah. it's probably at least 50 usually. okay, 50 so half of it.
1: Phone well you have to da- remember
0: that means your laptop right. too in this if you're yes. just comparing to a tablet and a phone. so seems like such a big screen. <laughs> okay, we're learning things about molly today. Too big of a screen. i got to contain it. <laughs> Just little surprises, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Finally, I saw some research specifically on Pornhub usage in the UK. And some of the interesting terms used there were Xmas party, Christmas porn, Santa baby, candy cane, which I thought was interesting. Just, just searching candy cane. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I also noticed that the term granny jumped 1,105% between those two years there. And not to kink shame, but it did throw me a little bit that in a time where people are more likely to see their granny, they're also more likely to search granny. So I don't know. Who's to say? It just struck me as interesting. (laughs) But they're searching that on their phone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but they're mostly searching that on
0: their phone. They're not on their desktop. Granny doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. But porn searches are quite often made for one, right? So I wanted to find out a little more about what happens in the bedroom for couples or, you know, more. I don't know. And I found a 2018 study conducted by a sex toy company called Eden Fantasies. And 44% of people in that survey plan to have sex on Christmas Day. And like I said in our cuffing season episode, people have more sex during the winter and more babies nine months later. And according to a 2015 survey by another sex toy retailer, Adam and Eve, one in 10 adults have worked Santa costumes into their sexy role play. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And while they don't specify exactly what that means like full on someone's in a you know santa costume yeah, or you are we just left... talking
1: a hat is left over from the party
0: <laughs> yeah maybe or like a cute little red teddy with white trim maybe that seems that very christmas cute. movie-ish cute. Right? yeah it'd be cute right but in some capacity it's been brought into the bedroom yeah and Finally, on the topic of sex, it's worth mentioning that I found that there are endless sex positions with holiday-themed names. Okay, For example, we got the dreidel. Spin around. The mall Santa. (laughs) Sit on a lap. (laughs) Yeah. The menorah. Light eight candles. (laughs) The tree stand. Um, Put a tree in your butt. (laughs) The Grinch you mean <laughs> the one horse open sleigh sex in a sleigh <laughs> Jesus in the manger yikes I'm not gonna do a bit on that <laughs> okay well my favorite one is the Adominable snowman oh that's kind of cute yeah I like that name and those were truly just some I saw so many but that was from one article on Cosmo so oh, nice it's truly endless People I don't know are, what any of those are I
1: mean, I assume mall Santa is something with, with sitting on a lap.
0: Yeah, most of them. If you think for a little bit, you could probably guess they're basically other sex positions that have been given new Santa or okay. Christmas names. Okay, I that feel makes like, sense. yeah. But it's fun. It's it so exists. Fun. That's fun. People are doing that, trying it together. So yeah, that's what's happening out there. I. I seems like. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Meg.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. That's some good info. So I I wanted to look into relationships during this time, breakups, proposals, marriages, things like that. So first, I'm going to talk about engagements in the month of December because that is indeed the most popular time to get engaged. Seems like it. Yes. Yes. Instagram is telling me so. You know, (laughs) yeah. I found a Wedding Wire survey on Statista that surveyed 27,250 couples who got married between January 1st and December 31st, 2019. And 19% of those couples got engaged in December, which at first might not seem like a lot, but the next highest percentage was 9% of those couples uh, getting engaged in July.
0: Whoa. Yeah. So it's a really,
1: really big. Really common to get married in the month of December. So why is there this spike? Uh, Well, the obvious reason seems to be that December tends to be the time when people see family, right? So it's easy to celebrate a proposal with the people closest to you. I also found in a Washington Post article that was about Christmas engagements that interviewed various jewelers about you know people coming in to get engagement rings that um, more surprise engagements happen in December rather than couples coming in together. So typically, it's like couples coming in together to look at the ring or the person getting the ring and knows what the other person wants. But there's more instances in December of being like, this is a
0: surprise. I need this by you know, one week from now. I we need this leave by Christmas or Eve. Whatever. That makes sense to me because it's sort of doubling as a gift in that case. And you don't tell people about a gift beforehand usually. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Okay, so additionally Meg Wedding Wire broke down the most popular days to get engaged. Number one is Christmas Day. Number two is Christmas Eve. Three is New Year's Day. Four is the Sunday before Christmas Eve, which is probably to kick off this Christmas time on a good note, you know, before you go home to your family or whatever.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Number five is Valentine's Day. Six is New Year's Eve, which surprised me that New Year's Eve comes after New Year's Day because I'm like, if you're celebrating, you're going to be more tired. You're going to be tired. Trying to get
0: engaged when I'm hungover. Right.
1: Um, Number seven was two Saturdays before Christmas. Number eight was the Saturday before Christmas. And I think it's probably the same reasons as I said before, kicking off the holiday season and same with number nine, which is two Sundays before Christmas. And then number 10 was the 4th of July. (laughs) (laughs) Fun. Yeah. And then I found in another survey that in heterosexual couples where women propose to the men, leap day is the most popular day for them to do that.
0: Wait, that's a day that comes once every 4 years is the most popular day for heterosexual women to propose to men? Yes, Meg, you're correct. God I mean, I know tradition has been rooted for a long time, but that kind of bums me out. Yeah, it's a bummer. Definitely.
1: (laughs) But here's another interesting thing about proposals, kind of another bummer, actually. It's it's about proposals in December and specifically Christmas slash holiday proposals. So some legal experts say that they are indeed more of a risk. Uh, Here's an excerpt from that same Washington Post piece, which is titled Why So Many People Get Engaged Around Christmas and Why You Might Not Want To by Roxanne Roberts. So it's Says legally, an engagement ring is considered a conditional gift based on the marriage taking place, and the ring goes back to the purchaser if the engagement is broken, regardless of who ends it. But rings given on Christmas, Valentine's Day, or birthdays are typically classified as more traditional gifts, and the majority of courts have allowed the receiver
0: to keep it. Interesting. So, yes. Like- so leading by courts, he, I'm guessing they are getting divorced at this point. Yeah, and are yeah, arguing over
1: who gets to keep the ring. Right. There's so, there's some legal dispute going on in this case. So Interesting. you know, you never you, you don't I imagine you want to propose with the idea of what's gonna happen if we break up, but also, you know, people break up
0: and sometimes yeah. you gotta be realistic. I will say my engagement ring and my ex-husband's wedding ring. Are still in my possession. Okay, uh, he slipped it into my stuff, <laughs> and did not want my ring. He slipped his ring into my belongings. When That's we interesting that he separated. gave you his ring. Yes, Was he doing it, it to like be mean? It felt like a message. I'll just say that because I don't sure. actually, I can't speak for him necessarily, but it felt like a message. <laughs> yeah, and you never asked him about it. No.
1: Yeah, that checks out.
0: Like, um, why? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I don't know, because you're crazy like I am. Okay. <laughs> now, no, uh, no. what about breakups during the holidays? You know I love talking about breakups. <laughs> um, by studying data from Facebook statuses, a British journalist named David McCandless found that the biggest breakup spikes happen right before Valentine's Day and in the days leading up to Christmas.
0: Interesting.
1: Yes, and according to that same research, December 11th, which was a mere couple of days ago, mm-hmm. is the most popular day to break up.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So some things we've learned in the history of this podcast would be December 11th, dangerous bad day, day <laughs> bad day, and September 16th, the day most people are born. <laughs> when did we learn that? Cuffing season. Oh, right, right I remember right. it oh, because yes. I yeah. didn't mention it, but it is my sister's birthday, so I thought it was interesting.
1: That is very interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, December eleventh is uh, not a great day for that reason, and the re- and the reasons for this seem pretty obvious. Breakups happen more often before important events, especially events that involve family. Mm-hmm. Another reason is that there is so much pressure around us uh, during the holidays, and there's so much pressure, specifically on the holidays being a happy time, that it makes cracks in relationships easier to notice. You know, if everything around you is like, oh, you should be happy and you're not happy in a relationship, it's going to be more apparent. Telling. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, different expectations about sex. Some people expect more sex during the holidays because, you know, you might not be working. You're spending more time together, perhaps. It's maybe a vacation. um, But other people Mm -hmm. experience a decrease in sex drive because of the stress surrounding family stuff, et cetera, around the holidays. Yeah, stress. Generally, this is also, yeah, generally, this is also time for reflection, right? And that might include reflecting on whether or not your relationship is working. Finances are obviously something that puts a huge stress in a relationship, and the holidays Mm -hmm. can cost a lot of money, especially if you're, say, buying plane tickets to meet someone's family, which I hope we're not doing this year, but in other years, we might be doing. Sure. So we talked about this turkey drop phrase last week during our Childhood Sweethearts episode, and it referred to childhood sweethearts going off to their colleges and someone, you know, getting dumped during Thanksgiving break. Right. And I thought that's kind of all it applied to. But in my research for this, I was seeing that phrase all over the place. And it Hmm. actually generally refers to the period from mid-November to mid-December when lots of people get dumped.
0: Till December called, 11th, probably. Yeah, about, and that's called Turkey Drop. Not a very nice name. No, no, but I guess breaking up with someone isn't going to be nice, so why would we call it that? Yeah, Something let's just nice.
1: lean in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now let's do one of my favorite
1: things and talk about some celebrities who have gotten married and engaged. <laughs> oh, I love
0: During this, this
1: time. Um these Great. are kind of all over the board, <laughs> these ones that I picked. Great. Kathy Griffin married her boyfriend, Randy Bick, on New Year's Day 2020, and it was only a few hours after getting engaged on New Year's Eve. Whoa. Kathy wore the same dress that she wore on their first date, and Lily Tomlin officiated, which I thought okay. was very funny. Yeah. Cool. Skier Lindsey Vaughn was already engaged to her boyfriend, but on their two-year anniversary on Christmas, she proposed to him and gave him an engagement ring. Hell yeah! Which I thought was cute alert. Will and Jada they got married on New Year's Eve in nineteen ninety seven. Nicole Ooh. Kidman and Tom Cruise obviously divorced now. They got married on Christmas Eve nineteen ninety. Oh. Helen Mirren and Taylor Hackford got married on New Year's Eve ninety seven. Okay. Daryl Sabara proposed to Megan Trainer. We love them,
0: friends of the pod,
1: friends that of we've the mentioned pod. before. Yeah, I love them. He proposed mm-hmm. to her on December twenty second, twenty seventeen, which was also her birthday. Wow! And and they got married exactly one year later, so also on her birthday. Oh, interesting! interesting. Yeah, um, country singer Jake Owen. I don't know who he is, but he very <laughs> recently got engaged to his girlfriend Erica Hartlein at a Christmas tree farm.
0: Okay, that's. Great fun, I love it.
1: Yes, and then these two are no longer married, but Seal did propose to supermodel Heidi Klum on December 23rd, 2004, in a custom built igloo in Canada. <laughs> so I thought that was a nice uh closer.
0: <laughs> when it snowed, did their eyes become large and the light that they shine could be seen? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting hearing about all these people, and I'm sure this probably isn't course a full on list of every celebrity who's ever gotten married during this time. Correct. But it makes me wonder if it's easier for celebrities to do something like this, like get married on New Year's, so that they don't have to invite like every person they've ever met. I imagine yeah, as a celebrity, it would be so hard to pick a guest list. It is it's the hardest part of planning a wedding in my opinion, whether you're yeah. famous or not. And so it that might would be also really It might also be because it'd
1: be easier to keep it a secret because they could just go a big party and say it's a New Year's party or whatever,
0: you know? Or a little one and be like, oh, we're planning Christmas just with our families and a few people and then bang, we get married or or we just want to get married on that day so it's small, whatever. Absolutely. Whatever they ultimately want. I've never really thought about that, but it could be a part of the thought process. Mm -hmm. Okay, Molly. Our next mini episode <laughs> right now is about mistletoe. Ooh. Because I was really curious about why the hell we have this tradition. Have and you I... ever kissed under mistletoe? Yes, I have. Wow, I was it, was it cute. I bought mistletoe last year. <laughs> it was I'm sure it was great I'm I'm laughing because it makes it seem like
1: you bought it so you'd get a kiss
0: (laughs) no no I bought it because of course it was a better time a simpler time and I love hosting people so I had you know Christmas parties here and Mm. I had mistletoe hung yeah so I'm sure I'm sure I utilized it at some point for the novelty of it a, little drunk. a novelty of it. But yeah, sure. Probably a little drunky on New Year's. So yes, I guess my answer is yes. But I will say before I get really into this whole mistletoe thing, I'll just explain what I'm talking about in case someone hasn't heard about this before, I guess, or hasn't thought about it in these terms. But basically, the deal is that You're allowed to kiss someone when you're standing below a sprig of mistletoe, and if the kiss is refused, then bad luck befalls the person who said no. So that's technically, (laughs) I know, that's technically what's happening when we're like, oh, we kiss under a mistletoe, right? But I didn't really think about how there's some kind of superstition involved with it, but there is, even though culturally... I don't think any of us really think about it that way, thank God, because consent, you know? So why then? Like, where did this come from? Yeah. Well, historians are actually kind of mixed on their theories for this. Oh, Uh, interesting. Yeah. So the most early history of mistletoe is, of course, brought to you by the Greeks. It was known to cure a bunch of things, including menstrual cramps and spleen issues, and the Roman naturalist named Pliny the Elder, who I personally did not know was a real person and not just the name of a very, very good beer from Russian River. <laughs> I didn't know either. <laughs> oh, it's, I didn't know it's, either of those. It's yeah. so good. Also, I'm from Napa, so it's close to Russian River and their brewery and stuff. Mm. But it's it's a beer that's coveted and in, in low supply. So people oh. are always looking for it. And it's very oh, good. cool. Oh, and so Pliny the Elder said it could be used as a bomb to help with epilepsy, ulcers, and curing when you've ingested poison, which is interesting. And some think that it's possible that. The romantic undertones that mistletoe now carries may have come from the fact that the Celtic druids of the first century A.D. found that it would blossom and grow even in freezing weather. Mm. So it was kind of a symbol of vivacity. And so they used it to try and restore fertility at that time. Okay. Yeah. But that really doesn't explain our tradition with it, right? And this next story maybe doesn't either, but it's referenced everywhere I looked in my research. And it's a story from Norwegian mythology about the god Baldur. And in the story, Baldur's mom, Frigg, great name, (laughs) Uh, She casts a spell to make sure that no plant grown on Earth could be used as a weapon against her son, but the one plant that the spell doesn't include is mistletoe, because it doesn't grow out of the Earth, right? It's it's basically a parasite on a tree, Mm, like moss. Yeah. So then along comes Loki, who hears about this little loophole, and he goes ahead and makes a spear out of mistletoe and ultimately uses it to kill Baldur, basically just because Loki sucks. (laughs) That's really the story. He's like, well, I can kill him. So here we go. Got it. Got it. And that's a, that's an interesting story, a fun story, I guess, but it's not really related to the Christmas tradition at all. It's just one of the earliest mentions of mistletoe in history. But I guess when some people tell this story, they include that Baldur's mom Frigg declared mistletoe to be a symbol of love after her son's death And even some say that she promises to kiss anyone that passes under it with her. But historian Mark Forsyth says that this is not actually the way the story ends. And Forsyth knows his shit. He wrote a book called Cornucopia, The Hidden Stories Behind Our Yuletide Traditions, and has examined many of the various accounts of Baldur's murder. And he says it involves mistletoe, but isn't why we kiss under it or associate it with Christmas. But he does say that the tradition began between the year 1720 and 1784 in England. Not much we know. Okay. Okay. And he says the most extensive, the reason he knows this is that the most extensive research about mistletoe was published before that time and there was no kissing reference. So a guy named John Colbatch wrote two books about mistletoe in the year 1790, which is very funny to me. Can you imagine (laughs) writing two books in a year about one plant? I can't imagine writing one book about anything. One book about anything, no. (laughs) But in one of them, he had a whole section on the superstitions and customs associated with mistletoe and kissing was not mentioned at all. So it was first mentioned, the kissing part, in 1784 in a song that goes like this. What all the men, Jem, John, and Joe, cry what good luck has sent ye and kiss beneath the mistletoe. The Girl Not Turned of 20. Yikes. So basically about oh, kissing under mistletoe with a girl kind of who hasn't it. turned 20 yet. Okay. She's legal, I suppose, possibly. But, but others, maybe not. <laughs> but maybe not. She is just not 20. And other historians reference this song as the first time that we've heard of it. But no one really knows what happened between those you know, two books that came out in 1719 and the song being sung 65 years later. Huh. Yeah, but as some time passes after that point, after the song, we see more references to this custom, the kissing part, right? Sure. It starts to become more clear that the origins are possibly gross as well. <laughs> Hence they always scenes. are. Yeah, they always are. <laughs> so a few decades later in 1794, we come to the existence of an art print that shows servants in a kitchen poised for a smooch under some mistletoe Do you like how you use smooch, Molly? I love how you use smooch. Thank you. And the caption for this was, Saucy Joe, who rudely kissed Bridget the cook. Um, Okay. (laughs) Wow. So not great if he's rudely kissing her, but it's happening under mistletoe and it's part of history now. Okay. Then in 1837, Charles Dickens mentions it in The Pickwick Papers. He wrote that younger ladies, quote, get ready for this. Oh no. <laughs> screamed and struggled and ran into corners and threatened and remonstrated and did everything but leave the room until some of the less adventurous gentlemen, less adventurous gentlemen, Jesus, were on the point of desisting when they all at once found it useless to resist any longer and submitted to be kissed with a good grace. Ew. So, what the fuck? Yeah. Right? Like, we don't love that. No, we don't. But... To be fair, or not fair, to be hopeful, (laughs) (laughs) to be hopeful, there is possibly a flip side to this, the way that that story is being told, right, by Dickens. So, historians have said that these ladies would have had to accept the kisses from men or risk bad luck, right, apparently. Okay. And exactly how serious that resistance was is hard to say based on a lack of documentary evidence about it. Maybe it was generally playful and flirtatious. You know, the mistletoe kind of presents a game, possibly. We can't say, unfortunately. But our man Forsyth, the guy who's the expert that I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. also says that there were several stories from that period that explained that maybe women use this as a way to kiss other guys when their husbands really sucked because they were stuck in these marriages. Okay. And they got to... They got to blame it on, like, if I don't kiss him, I'll have bad luck. What am I fucking supposed to do? (laughs) Yeah. So maybe it is a little bit okay. Or it's feigned. What do you want me to do? Have bad luck for the rest of my life? (laughs) Yeah, I had to kiss John. Like I I didn't want to kiss his handsome face, but we don't want to lose our fortune this year. Sure. So, you know, I guess... (laughs) is that what I want to believe? Of course. Is that what history and the dynamic between men and women has told us over time? Right. No, but you know, we can be hopeful that that's a part of the mistletoe history. Mm -hmm. And then just bringing it back to the U S the popularity of kissing under the mistletoe as a Christmas tradition can be more easily traced back to Washington Irving's, the sketchbook, which was published in 1820 and Irving had just gotten back from England where he had documented the traditions there And under the Christmas Eve chapter, he wrote this. The mistletoe is still hung up in farmhouses and kitchens at Christmas, and the young men have the privilege of kissing the girls under it, plucking each time a berry from the bush. When the berries are all plucked, the privilege ceases. So basically, you just do this. You kiss until the berries are gone. (laughs) And that book popularized doing it here, during a time where Christmas wasn't even really a huge deal yet. And today, you know, we know it as a very tiny part of what is a very big deal. So Yeah,
1: interesting. That's a lot yeah. of history that I did not know.
0: Yeah, I did not expect this to be this long of a section, but I learned a lot. Uh, here we go. Yeah, intriguing.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever kissed under mistletoe. It's no. not really something I feel like I have to do, but...
0: Yeah. Like I said, it, there's novelty to it, but it's not yeah. something that I think people really do very Karen much out. at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's I more agree. in stories and things and like yeah. art <laughs> and in
1: movies, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah, bad movies maybe. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay, so as this is an unconventional episode for us, we're going to switch topics yet again. I'm just going to talk about the challenges to relationships that are specific to this time. There's obviously things that make romantic relationships a little bit harder or uh, more difficult to navigate, right? Mm-hmm. So one is gift giving and how much money to spend on your partner's gift. A 2018 Business Insider survey showed that for couples dating less than a year, the median amount spent on gifts was fifty dollars, and for couples dating any longer than that, the median was hundred dollars.
0: Obviously, oh, yeah, I, we I talked about this a little bit in the Cuffing Season episode. It
1: sounded familiar,
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, that that's very interesting to me and feels yeah high I don't maybe not I don't know it it
1: totally depends right like obviously so much of this depends on how much money you guys make and if you're saving for something like sometimes people opt out of gifts entirely because they want to save up for a vacation or you know a home or whatever it is
0: yeah we're not doing gifts this year
1: Right, and a lot of people do that. I think that's what I've done in relationships in the past. But, you know, especially if you're a relatively new couple, figuring out what to give can be very awkward, and it can also be very disappointing to receive a gift that doesn't feel meaningful at all, which Mm -hmm. is is something we might be ashamed of, but we don't really need to be because, as we talked about in our Love Languages episodes, sometimes gift-giving is very important.
0: Yeah, and I've mentioned before that kind of the last straw for a relationship I had was someone giving me a gift that I...
1: Yeah. So, yeah. they
0: can understand me as a right. person.
1: Right. Because that's it it. also made
0: me feel shitty, but just right. They don't through. know who you
1: are and what you want. Sexologist Jess O'Reilly said the following Don't tell your partner that you don't want a gift if you're secretly hoping for something grand and thoughtful. You can't <laughs> mm-hmm. expect them to read between the lines or read your mind. If gift giving is important to you, explain why. And again, even though it's awkward, experts say to talk about your finances because you might be in a position where one person in the couple makes a lot more than the other. It's and very likely. You just need to have, yeah. You just need to have realistic expectations about that. And I know it takes some of the romance and the surprise out of gift giving, but it also makes it so no one is is super disappointed.
0: Yeah. You got to talk about it. Yeah. I, I feel like every episode I'm like, don't read minds.
1: Right. Now, this isn't necessarily holiday related, but it This research did lead me to a New York Post article that said that the average American spends $121,082.42 on dating in their lifetime. And this includes, like, married couples, you know, spending money on dates, whatever. Oh,
0: okay, okay. I was like, no way. But But also, I guess you start spending when you're really young.
1: Yeah, dating is super expensive, you know? Like, going out to dinner – getting gifts, traveling, all that stuff. Um, This particular survey also said that 51% of people surveyed said they had canceled a date because they were strapped for cash. So that to me like really does relate to the stress of gift giving in the holidays and how we might not really want to talk about it,
0: you know? Yeah. Or maybe you aren't dating in December because you're paying for gifts.
1: Right. Exactly. And I think this is pretty obvious, but it's it's the meaning behind the gift that's that's the important thing right mm-hmm. one of my favorite gifts I ever received was from a boyfriend was in high school from like a boyfriend mm-hmm. I dated for like, a couple months you know mm-hmm. so it's a high school boyfriend and he gave me like a he made me like a mix cd of <laughs> yeah. um, it was for valentine's day I think it was like a mix cd and all the songs he put on he like turned the titles of them into a letter so like, the back he like, made a sleeve for the cd and it had the letter that featured all the titles of the songs somewhere in the letter
0: oh nice yeah
1: it was really cute it made me feel very special and then probably like three or four years ago for my birthday a partner had all my friends do impressions of me (laughs) (laughs) not
0: that hard to do I will say (laughs) not that really incredibly
1: easy to do but it was like so sweet and made me feel like people knew got you understood
0: yeah yeah Yeah. that makes sense Uh, Totally.
1: Now, Meg, you found an interesting article from social worker Rhonda Milrad on how to use gift giving during the eight days of Hanukkah to improve your relationship. Oh, yeah. So this is what she says, and as you'll see, it it can really be applied to anyone. It's just kind of breaking down specific different things you can do to improve a relationship during the stressful times, and it's broken down into eight days. So day one, do something kind for your partner. This can be as simple as, like, running an errand they've been waiting to get done. Hmm. Day two, give something nurturing, perhaps a massage, a foot rub. Day three, give something romantic, flowers, a love letter. Day four, give something supportive. Can be as simple as patiently listening to them. I, you know, someone I recently dated, we would give each other turns to rant. And it was really mm, nice, you know? That's cool. Yeah. Day five, give someone me time. Do their chores so they can have some solo time away from you. Or, or you know, just find like a way to give them space, which we all Could need, be extra now.
0: useful right now. Yeah, Exactly. exactly.
1: Day six, give gratitude, compliment them, thank them more than you normally would. Day seven, give affection, a little physical contact. If it's me, you know, I want hugs and forehead smooches. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Day eight, give a novel outing. Find a fun new thing to do together, which again, might be hard right now.
0: Or make inside fun. Yeah, do something that shakes things up. Yeah, but I really liked this because
1: it's just a breakdown of like, wouldn't that be so nice if someone did that for you? They were like, okay, I'm going to do eight days of nice specific favors for Hanukkah yeah yeah I like that yeah so I I don't know that was really nice now another challenge of course is family stuff who do we spend the holidays with do we do separate holidays do we split them up a a lot of people say this is something you need to talk about way ahead of time Sharon Mm -hmm. Naylor an author of many wedding books tells newly engaged couples that this is something they should talk about right away you know before they get married since they are committing for the rest of their life yeah she also says to involve your families, get their opinions, but don't commit to anything to them until you have made the decision as a couple.
0: I think that's um, good advice because like what happened with you for not going home this year because of COVID, uh-huh. you, your parents were more understanding than maybe you were anxious about. Yeah, it. than I thought. Yeah. it has been like you worst case scenarioed in your head yeah. probably as also, I would I do. Timed,
1: yeah. In this case, I timed it out. I waited to talk to them about it and as the holidays got closer and it became more and more apparent that COVID is not getting any better, you know?
0: Sure, sure. But also, if you talk to them about it, you may be worried about something, but they'll be like, oh, no, I've gone through this. Like, right, do fine. Do what you need to do. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: yeah absolutely also the same is true for interfaith couples whose families may be celebrating different holidays you know it's important Mm -hmm. to talk about what each holiday means to the family what you guys do what your traditions are and then kind of figure out how to divide it up or if you're even you know if you're going to divide it up or if you're going to do separate Mm -hmm. what do you and Corey do
0: so when i was married Mm -hmm. i we split it we would alternate christmases and thanksgivings okay so one year, we do Thanksgiving with my family and Christmas with his and then switch it the next year. Yeah. But my family is very, very serious about Christmas and has makes a very, very big deal about it. Gotcha. And you know, on a non-COVID year, has like 30 people over both on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We go through like tons of bottles of wine. It's so fun and big and a lot of traditions along the way in the morning and at both mm-hmm. those parties. And Corey is... Much more low key on Christmas. Thanksgiving's more important to them. But I'll tell you now a couple weeks into dating Corey, before we even said I love you or anything, I was like, I'm never giving up Christmas with my family ever again. He's like, okay.
1: <laughs> That's good, though. That's an example of doing it right there. That's so
0: funny. And obviously I'm not crazy that could be negotiated or talked about, but that's definitely where I was coming from in the beginning yeah. of, of our relationship. Especially because, you know, I just explained to my family's Christmas. My ex-husband's Christmas, they like didn't even drink. It was just the immediate family. It was very yeah. small. It just That's how my was, holidays are. It was very great. Small. You know, it's yeah. it's like amazing, but doesn't feel like Christmas to you. For me. Yeah, of course. And so it was a hard transition for me going to that from like Absolutely. Getting drunk with my 40 relatives. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you're
1: missing out. And you know you are. It's a whole thing. Yeah. I haven't really had to deal with that. Like the last person I dated seriously lived, his family lived in Brooklyn, so it wasn't a big deal to them for him to come with me for holidays. Because we could just hang out with them, like, the
0: night before we left or whatever. Yeah, and, it's and so nice when families are close. Yeah, and then
1: the other people I dated, you know, my other, like, serious relationship was in college. And that was, like, too early for us to do that. So we didn't, yeah, you, know? you don't you don't usually do that in college yeah. unless you
0: are from really close places.
1: Right, right, exactly. But... I don't know. I can see it being really hard. My my sister, you know, my sister and her boyfriend, they divide up the holidays and stuff, and and it's always like a bummer not to have her there. I totally get it, but
0: but you gotta. It's a
1: whole thing if that's what you decided. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Um, that's yeah. So that's kind of like the
0: difficulties of the holidays. But but what's our next little? Is it our last little topic, Meg? Yeah, we're just gonna talk. We're just gonna read some real stories. We're not bringing a real love, but we're gonna because we're doing a mini mini episodes in this one episode. We'll just read some stories we found about December love.
1: <laughs>
0: great. I'll start. I have two little Please. breakup stories here that I thought were interesting. Oops, my next one's a breakup one too, but then you oh, have great. a breakup one after. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll end happy here. Yeah. <laughs> so this one's written by uh, Rebecca. She was 34. She says, my first love broke up with me in a brutal way. We had been going out for a while, and I thought he was the one. I invited him to spend Christmas with me, but he made some lousy excuse and handed me a present instead. It was quite a big box, beautifully wrapped, so it did salve my bruised feelings. I feel like he was still serious about us. Anyway, I put the present under the tree. On Christmas Day, I sat with my parents and younger brother and debated opening the present in private, but decided not to. How I lived to regret that decision. As I unwrapped it, a card fell out, which simply said, you might be needing this in the future. In confusion, I looked around the room and saw the horrified looks on my parents' faces oh, wow. and heard my brother asking, but what is it? His final present to me was a rampant rabbit vibrator. Oh my God. <laughs> I know, it's a crazy story. Where would you find this? Reddit. This was on Metro. They included okay. six of the worst holiday breakups they'd heard. Gotcha. Okay. And this was one of them, and I Ooh. thought it was amazing. I have another one from the same place. That
1: is woof.
0: <laughs> yeah. Can you, you imagine, whole... like, I'm going to break up with you? I mean, in a way, it's nice, but, like, let your her best no, friend buy her that. it's not nice. It's <laughs> I mean, not
1: nice. No. If
0: it wasn't, like, the way that he was commuting. No.
1: A hundred percent no.
0: Yeah. Let someone
1: else buy you the vibrator. Okay.
0: It wasn't nice, but it's... Bizarre and... That's terrible. You gotta clarify that they should not open this in front of other people. Yeah, and don't do it. And also don't do it. Yeah. (laughs) It's so crazy. Ugh. That's Okay. This next one was written by someone named Sean, who is 50 years old. They say... I was living with an American girl in London, but her visa was expiring, so she had to go back to the States. We decided I'd give up my job, fly out to be with her at Christmas, then we'd find an apartment and sort out the residence permit and work visa while I was there. How (laughs) naive was that? I handed in my notice and flew out a couple of days before Christmas. When I saw her at the airport waiting with her parents, I knew something was up. Her parents, whom I'd never spoken to before, seemed happier to see me than Erica did. Uh over the next few days yeah things got weirder for instance I ended up spending most of Christmas day racing toy motor cars with her 10 year old cousin Julian as Erica seemed to take a great interest in helping her parents in the kitchen yeah I asked her what was going on and she told me that as soon as she saw me at the airport she realized she didn't feel the same way so we broke up but Uh. I didn't have anywhere to go as I couldn't afford a hotel her parents who were absolutely lovely insisted i stay with them until i found a job i stayed for the next month probably in the lame hope that erica would change her mind she didn't but it wasn't all bad and i fell in love with manhattan and now years later i'm happily married to the woman i was meant to be with
1: oh okay so, happy ending yeah it kind
0: of i'm guessing if he fell in love with manhattan he probably stayed and yeah. then that's how he found his true love yeah so i love it so that's nice. But that's crazy. Like, don't make someone move to a new country if you aren't, like, kind of into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Whew. Okay, this is a – this I found on Reddit. It's just a post from, as you know, someone ex- – You love someone, Reddit. I love Reddit. Uh a post from someone going through a breakup during the holidays. I, 32 male gay, ended it yesterday because I didn't know what else to do. We dated it for six months. It was lovely slash riddled with conflict. Between us, we lacked the ability to resolve our conflicts, though it would have been easier if he took a more active role. There was also a bit of anxious avoidant dynamic. It didn't help that I live in a foreign country, so 99.9% of the relationship was not in my native language. He ended it a few weeks ago in a fight and then came back after two days. Then we took a month apart to think it over and I called it quits. Five days later, I went back to him and started to feel hopeful because I was seeing some changes that made me optimistic about us. We met with a counselor who implied that there would be a lot of work to do. I already had doubts. Now that I'm home for the holidays, there is a family crisis, and I realize that the one person who would be able to help me is someone with whom I have had a very unstable relationship. It's not a good sign for the future of a relationship when there needs to be a counselor present to help make the transition from courtship to formal coupling. For the last four months, I have only thought of him. He is a lovely person, and I wish him the best, but I am exhausted. Not letting go would only hurt him more and be selfish. I wish I had done it sooner. I didn't want to do it so close to Christmas, but I am just emotionally drained from the roller coaster of feelings. Not one friend or family member supports the idea of staying with him. I know once we block each other. Yeah, this is on like a breakup forum. Uh, I know once we block each other, there will be feelings of loneliness. And once I get back to where I live, I will feel the void once filled by his company. He was a joy to be around when we weren't fighting to understand one another. He exhibited some toxic behaviors as a result of his experience, but I know I was unfair to him, too, in a number of ways. Any conversation about our conflicts was like walking on eggshells. My heart goes out to anyone this Christmas who is in pain. You are not alone. God will continue to break your heart until you can learn to keep it open. To truly love is the bravest act of all. We are all broken and choosing love over fear in the face of our own brokenness and the brokenness of others requires great tenacity and skill. In some sense, I believe that I am hurting because I dared to do something the way it was meant to be done. I wish you all a Merry Christmas with old friends and a Happy New Year with new beginnings.
0: Credit rocks. (laughs) This is nice. This is somebody that is helping them uh, themselves cope by sharing yeah. this
1: and it's like a really nice reflection and I feel like this is nice if, y- if you are going through a breakup like this is kind of like a nice thing to hear because it's like yeah it fucking sucks but like I'm still gonna keep my heart open I don't know it's a nice thing
0: and being open to love is also about being willing to let go when it's not good
1: right exactly
0: that's just a part of it so
1: absolutely and it's really really hard to do that
0: Okay, this final story is about Sarah and Alan. And here we go. It's written by Sarah. So, yeah. It was my usual yearly holiday with my parents to Malta. My mom is Maltese and I was born there. This is from a UK website. (laughs) Gotcha. When we checked in, I noticed a group of people boarding the same flight, and Alan was amongst them. I sat in the middle aisle with my parents when I heard an unusual but infectious laugh coming from my left. It was Alan talking to one of the stewards. I said to my dad, hasn't he got a funny laugh? (laughs) Never thinking that I would meet him three days later. It was the last time I would ever be able to stay in Malta for a month as I would be starting a new job fresh from college in the new year. Alan was staying in Malta for two weeks. We met on the 21st of July, 1994 at a nightclub in Malta. My friend and I were dancing and decided to go and buy a drink. Within seconds, Alan was beside us and asked my friend if he and his friend could buy us a drink. We agreed and headed back to where they were sitting. Alan offered me his seat and our relationship started from there. On the day he had to fly home, I convinced my parents to take me to the airport to see him off. He gave me his gold bracelet as a promise that we would see each other again. Alan was a London boy and I was a Plymouth girl, so we kept a long-distance relationship going for two years until it became unbearable. He called me one day and asked if I would like to live with him as he was looking to buy a flat. I agreed straight away and was so excited. Ten years have passed, and we're now living in a beautiful house. Aww. Last year was our first Christmas family gathering as us being hosts, and I really wanted to make a feast for all, so I went completely to town and made everything from scratch and completely stressed myself out in the process. I would do sure. that too. My surprise Christmas present was an all-inclusive holiday to Egypt, where I have wanted to go for years. That's a good Christmas present. Good present, <laughs> we, yeah. we all gathered around the table to Alan's request with a glass of champagne each and my Christmas card containing the holiday itinerary. Alan asked me to open my card and read the contents. I was bursting with excitement. He then said to me that I had everything that I could ever want, being cheeky. And this being a running joke, I said no and started waving my finger in front of him. He, as usual, asked why I was doing that. So I said that I wanted an engagement ring. In return, he said, it's just as well that I got you one then. He then handed me a polished wooden box, by which point I was trembling and was completely dumbfounded. I opened the box to see a beautiful diamond ring. I looked at Alan's tearful face and asked him to place the ring on my finger, which he did. Our parents then made a toast to us, and the rest is history. Afterwards, I found out that he went to the pub that morning for some Dutch courage <laughs> while I was preparing the food and asked both our dads for permission to marry me, which I thought was so sweet. He also chose the ring and didn't tell anyone his plans. My dream is coming true. Alan is my soulmate, and I love him with all my heart. Oh, that's very sweet. I really liked this story just because they were 10 years in, and like it starts out with this very cool Story of meeting, right? In yeah, Malta. but also
1: like you never think that would
0: last. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, and I'm like, that's not a real gold bracelet. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but then they also waited ten years. Clearly, it's working. Ten years in, she's so friggin' pumped. I researched a lot of engagement stories for this, trying to find ones to share, and realized I told you, Molly, they usually yeah. all just make me roll my eyes. I, I hate them. I, I hope I have the cringiest engagement ever, <laughs> and you hate it. You're going to, but because you're my closest friend, I'm gonna love it. But and I'll probably I, be a part of it. In I want to freaking! I want to freaking get proposed to on a jumbotron. I don't even like sports. <laughs> <laughs> so you just you want a you want a um, public oh, moment. We gotta make a show, baby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can you can have a flash mob. <laughs> oh God, no! If someone proposed to me with a flash mob, as cringy as I think they are. I would eat it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, but if somebody I, proposes- I'd only be upset that I didn't know the dance. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But if somebody proposes a flash mob to propose to you, that means I'm going to have to be in a flash mob. Yeah, I suck it. And you'd do it. You'd freaking do it. <laughs> I know. I'd be like literally rolling my eyes while I danced in front of you to like Mariah Carey. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, me either, to be honest. <laughs> It'll be great. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I liked that one. It felt real and more, that's lovely, you know, not just like we met and then immediately got engaged and it was perfect. I don't know. Yeah, that was Why a good Why am one. I dated? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You oh, I'm divorced. divorced. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But, anyway, yeah, I don't know. Any last thoughts, Molly?
1: No, I mean, I... I think the holidays can be a really difficult and weird, lonely time, and I I just want to validate that as well uh, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm certainly going to be experiencing this Christmas. It's going to be really weird and hard, but yeah, what you know you can't you can just get what through can it. you do?
0: <laughs> we're we're joking, but we're in it together. And, man, I love you. I'll be around yeah, Zooming in with you and stuff. So Zoom, Zoom. Zoom, Zoom, babe. Zoom,
1: <laughs> All right. Oh, well, thank you, guys. Love you
0: forever. Babe. <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. Sources. Time. Source th- <laughs> the sources we use this week are, of course, horny for the holidays from Pornhub Insights. These holiday sex tips will put you on the naughty list by Erica W. Smith for Refinery 29. 15 sex positions that will bring you lots of holiday cheer by Sarah E. for Refinery 29. Here's Why People Kiss Under the Mistletoe at Christmas Time by Cat Moon for Time. Smooch, 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 smooch babe. Why Do We Kiss Under the Mistletoe by Evan Andrews for History.com. Smooch, I Got smooch. Dumped at Christmas. Six of the Worst Holiday Breakups by Ryan Morgan for Metro. Japan to fund AI matchmaking to boost birth rate for BBC News. Japan's AI dating service catches Internet's attention by Jocelyn Yang for Ray China. Real engagement stories for Confetti UK. Why so many people get engaged around Christmas and why, why you might not want to, By Roxanne why? Roberts for the Washington Post. Engagement, most popular months to become engaged in the U.S. in 2019 on Statista.com. The most popular day to get engaged and the runners-up by Kim Forrest for Wedding Wire. The marriage proposals are read by Chili Sauce.
1: Yeah, that is what it's called.
0: Okay. Hold on to your relationships. It's officially breakup season by Hannah Smothers for Cosmopolitan. That's a good name. I know. Hannah Smothers. Why everyone breaks up over the holidays on the OK Cupid blog. How much to spend on your significant other during the holidays based on how long you've been together by Walt Hickey for Business Insider.
1: One million dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah. Here's how much money the average American spends on dating by Zoya Jervis for the New York Post. How to get on the same page as your partner about exchanging holiday gifts by Lake and Howard for Bustle. How to decide where to spend the holidays by Sharon Naylor for bridal guide. Every celebrity who got married or engaged over the holidays on two fab. Celebrity Christmas marriage proposals and The Engagement Rings by Tracy Lyles for Robbins Brothers. Oh, boy. Woman Sues Boyfriend for Not Proposing After Eight Years by Hannah Frischberg for The New York Post. Celebs Love yeah. Getting Engaged Over the Holidays by Spencer Burgeon for Page Six. I'm exhausted. <sighs> yeah, you did a lot right then. I know.
1: <laughs> Forever Babe Podcast would like to thank all of our sources as well as Corey Webster for making our theme song and Pearl Botts for singing so beautifully on it.